Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What was unique about the Roadster was it was the first really great electric car. For those of you who, who bought the Roadster, thank you. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Range, stories of the new American West. I'm Amy Westervelt. And I'm Julia Ritchie. Amy, it's our last episode of season one. I know. Before we get into it, bear with us while we panhandle a little bit. We've produced this podcast with minimal resources and our own equipment and money. And if we're going to keep it up, we need to find a way to monetize it. Right. So if you like what you've been hearing and you want to hear more, please take a minute and do a couple of things. First, rate us in iTunes. The more ratings we have, the more people find us, and the more listeners we have, the easier it is to attract grants or advertisers or fanboys, etc. Yes. And second, please consider donating to Range. We actually have nonprofit status through our fiscal sponsor, Fractured Atlas. Don't let that term confuse you. Fiscal does not mean they give us money. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (sighs) Which means it's a tax write-off. The donate button is right on our website, rangepodcast.org. Also, we've been thinking about getting some merch whipped up with some of our illustrations, and we'd love to hear from you about what you'd like in that category. Do you want T-shirts, spurs, assless chaps with coyotes on them? Fanny packs, visors. (laughs) Vests, bolo ties. (laughs) Send us a note at howdy at rangepodcast.org and let us know if there's anything you'd pay for. Okay, pitch over. On with the show. So you just heard from Elon Musk in the intro. We're talking Tesla today, but not the cars or the batteries so much as the people. Right. And not actually Elon Musk either, except tangentially. We're looking at the tribe of self-proclaimed Tesla fanboys. I don't know if they spell it with an I or a Y, but they call themselves fanboys. (laughs) (laughs) And how it is that that company has managed to create groupies, many of which don't even own a Tesla and will probably never be able to afford one. So to give some context to this, we've both been reporting on Tesla a fair amount. And for those of you not in the media, let's just say that Tesla is only slightly more open than the CIA. Yeah, I like to talk about them as being less cooperative with media than Philip Morris was back in the 80s. On top of being super tight-lipped and not at all transparent, they do stuff like respond to media queries with links to blog posts that their marketing director wrote. This has happened to me more than once. Oh, Lord. Or, as Julia experienced recently, invite media to tour their factory, but then make them sign non-disclosure agreements and refuse to answer any questions. Oh, my God. Yes. The tour felt like I was in Pyongyang touring a government showcase factory and all the media (laughs) folks there um, were protesting so much about the NDA thing, saying, you know, it's actually our job to disclose things. So this is kind of weird uh, that they eventually gave us all back our our NDAs and, and said, okay. But it almost didn't matter because on the tour, they wouldn't let us see anything or talk to anyone or use their names, even though they're spokespeople. (laughs) I think that's their job. 
Uh, it's so it's so crazy. And it's weird how much the media has sort of agreed to play along with the whole Tesla thing, too, where like they only print positive stuff. Basically, I think that's just because Tesla gets clicks and that's what everyone wants. But it's getting to be a little bit ridiculous how much you see people just repurposing Tesla press releases as actual articles. So anyway, we wanted to look at this whole phenomenon. What is it about Tesla that makes people want to love them no matter what? Yeah, it really is an amazing car. I mean, super. Uh, it's, the car's even gotten more expensive since I got mine. So. Oh yeah, no. I no, I, I asked Matt like, how much he paid for his. He yeah, told me. Yeah, like 130. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, so I went up by like. I mean, I got this car for like. That's why I was surprised when you told me how much yours was. So I was like, oh, you, oh, you got a bargain. No, I didn't want to say, but <laughs> now mine was more than seventy thousand. Oh, okay, because you got options. Oh, there, there, yeah. This is the this is the old performance version. Um, which they, this is a P85, and now they have the P85D and the P90D and the P90D with ludicrous speed. So, how, many, uh, how far can you go? Uh, 265 miles is the EPA rating. 265? Yeah. So, and then if you had to stop and charge, how long would it take you to charge? Um, well, they, they, have the, uh, they have a nationwide network of Tesla superchargers, like one in Truckee and, and Vacaville, if you want to go to San Francisco, and it's, right. it takes less than an hour. Oh, really? And, it, and it's free, too. And it's a full charge. Uh, yeah, and, it, and it's free. So you can travel from Los Angeles to New York for free, from oh, really? Whistler, Canada, down to San Diego, cool. from here to Texas eventually, here to Vegas eventually. Right on. Uh, so it's fun. All right. I didn't uh. know they went that far. <laughs> Thank you, and I'm You're sorry welcome. to interrupt. No, oh, no problem. Cool. Yeah, so. Yeah, that was good. See, I love that. It happens all the time. That guy you just heard, his name is David, and he's a huge Tesla fan. He gave me a tour of his car late last year. Also, that guy asking questions, that was not staged. He just randomly walked up while we were sitting in David's Tesla and started asking him questions. I can't believe that wasn't staged. It was so perfect. (laughs) Yes, definitely not staged. So one of the things Tesla has done really well at is building excitement for their cars before they even come out. Here's David again talking about the wait list that he was on for his car. Uh, we're sitting inside my uh, Tesla Model S. Um, this is one of the first 100 made, actually. Um, so I waited uh, uh, three and a half years for to get this car. So, how, how, so tell me about the process of being on their waiting list. Like, um, well, they, they they really don't have a waiting list anymore. But um, when I when I first ordered the car, the only car they were selling was their Tesla Roadster, which is a um, small sports car, basically. Um, and they and, and they came out with that to try to prove that electric cars aren't um, go karts and you know cars that only go you know 50 miles or something like that. So at the time, I mean, the car was had about roughly a 200 mile range, was uh, zero to 60 in 3.7 seconds. Um, it's a very nice looking car as well. Um, and then their 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 entire goal is to try to um, ma- you know make a much more affordable car. And so um, it's it, it's very difficult to come out with a it's basically impossible at this point to come out with a 200 plus mile range car that costs you know twenty five thousand dollars or something like that just because the battery uh the cost of the batteries isn't there yet that's rather why they're building the gigafactory in reno here um is to try to drive the prices of batteries down in half so their next car was is this car the tesla model s which is still you know still a rather expensive car um but and the, their their next goal uh, is the Model Three, which is supposed to come out in about two or three years, and that car is uh, is planned to start at around 
$35,000 with, with no uh, tax incentives at all. So That's really funny. I actually talked to this guy, Lou LaCourt, who's a branding expert that has worked with Tesla. So big coup, someone who has actually worked with Tesla did agree to speak to us. Major, major get. <laughs> yeah. And with various other big brands. And he talked about the whole pre-order thing that Tesla does as a smart branding move. There's a first group of people that they feel smarter they feel better about themselves. They tell themselves a different story about who they are because they get in first. And so with the Model 3, I can put a 1000 bucks down. I'm in line. I'm one of the 275000 I feel good about myself. I feel special. I talked to David at the end of last year, but the Model 3 is actually already on sale um, accepting pre-orders. And in its first couple of weeks, it's already approaching 400,000 unit sales. That is nuts. To put that pre-order number in context, the current best-selling electric car, the Nissan Leaf, has sold a humbled 200,000 in global unit sales in the five years that it's been on the market since 2010. So Tesla has nearly doubled that in the matter of weeks. That is that is crazy. I mean, that is like it, that is a cool thing about them that I do I do feel like they are attracting a lot more people to the whole electric car thing and that you know it is very like high profile and people talk about it a lot more than than they did before for sure they're putting it on the map Mm -hmm. yeah Um, but I want to get into Elon Musk a little bit too because I think he's really the big reason that Tesla has such a rabid fan base just listen to this guy in Oregon I talked to Ross Centers he doesn't even own a Tesla but he's a huge huge fan Uh, I'm really I'm mostly an Elon Musk fanboy so, like, what what makes you an Elon Musk fanboy? He sits down with physics and, and, and real constraints and real possibilities, and he figures out what ought to be done, and then he goes out and does it. That is some serious Elon Musk love, Amy. Yeah, it is. It really is. But this is how a lot of people talk about that guy. Here's that branding expert, Lula Court, on why that's happened. Fundamentally, it's something about our own human need, our identity, that appeals to us. And as we think about creating ourselves, our own personal brands, our own identities, you know, as you know, the stories we tell ourselves, there's something about that story that we want to be part of our story because it makes us the person who we want to be. It's about Mm -hmm. personal um, identity gains, ultimately, and to get like, you know, really fundamentally human on it. It's also true of the brand. These really rabid um, uh, tribal brands almost always have some kind of a leader whose personal identity also requires that they invent and create this amazing thing. Now, Elon Musk, Tesla's about Elon Musk. Elon Musk decided he will do this in this way, and it can be done, and an electric car doesn't have to be ugly and embarrassing. It can be sexy and fast and smart and et cetera, et cetera. This is a good segue into another lingering question I've had about all this. What happens when Tesla superfans are confronted with some of the potential issues around the company, not the positive ones? Like the whole thing around lithium-ion batteries, for example. Yes. Okay, so... A lot of battery experts are already talking about lithium ion as being close to an obsolete technology. Um, and, and like that doesn't mean that they're going to go away anytime soon. Look how long it took for lithium ion to replace basic lead batteries. You know, so they'll still probably be around for a while, but they are already not seen as this cutting edge technology anymore, which is not what you would believe if you listen to Elon Musk talk about it. You know, 
Um, one MIT guy I spoke with a while back explained that basically there's no way to make lithium batteries any more efficient than they already are or increase their storage capacity, which means they're never really going to work to store renewable energy. And that's the big thing that we need batteries to do. And it's also the big thing that Elon Musk talks about all the time. So I mentioned this to Ross, who's a pretty smart guy, definitely, you know, knows quite a bit about engineering, physics, everything else. And here's what he had to say. If the technology changes, of course, they're going to retool. Um, and that's what factories do all the time in the face of technological change. And tangentially to that, like a, a dramatically improved battery technology would increase the demand for batteries. So it would be a market opportunity for Tesla and they take advantage of it. One of the things that I know that I can like just trust Elon Musk as a brand is that he, he's done his very deep research. And if he believes that lithium-ion is where it's at for a good long while, he's probably right. worked in factories like how easy is it to just change the technology a factory is using really fucking hard um who's that amy okay yes this is my husband (laughs) okay matt but i did have a legit reason to talk to him for this episode two actually one he worked in the automotive industry for 15 years in europe japan mexico and the u.s so he knows the industry well and two he is one of the biggest tesla haters that i know (laughs) i don't hate tesla like, I kind of respect what they're doing. I just, I really have an issue with, like, some of their strategies. Like, I just don't think that some of their strategies are going to work. And what they're doing right now is they're releasing these, like, brand new vehicles and try to cram a bunch of technology in, which is, like, really, it's not something that you do as a car manufacturer. So, like, I worked for old, you know, car manufacturers that have been around for a long time, right? Like Jaguar which is owned by Ford and then Nissan, right? Mm-hmm. And one of, the, one of the key fundamental design philosophies that you have is like to reduce complexity within your design. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Tesla do the opposite. Now, some people might look at that and say, well, they're disrupting it. And you're like, no, they're not. They're just like not using common sense in their design. They're like making it way more difficult than it needs to be, which is a bad thing because it leads to higher risk in your design. And why does that matter in a car company? Because guess what? People love to sue car companies. Okay, so there is a real possibility that once they get those 400,000 plus Model 3s on the road, Tesla's going to have some liability and warranty issues to deal with. Yep. And they may be prepared for that. I mean, I would I would think that someone like Elon Musk would be thinking about that stuff, but it doesn't really seem like they are. But, you know, even if they do come under, you know, some sort of recall or something like that, they'll have influenced a lot of changes throughout the industry. Totally. I think it's fair to say they've already done that. I mean, they're already creating competition in the electric car space, which never really existed before. <laughs> nope. <laughs> So, Julia, that's a wrap on season one. How do you feel about it? Huzzah. I am so proud of what we've been able to pull off. Like, we're regularly getting more than 1,000 downloads per episode, and we have some really great listeners out there who've left us some really nice reviews. And all of this amazing original music. Thanks, David Whitehead. Woo! And also our illustrations for each episode. Thanks, James Guthman. 
And uh, Michael and Petrella. <laughs> <laughs> and while we're giving shout outs, I want to say thank you to Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl, for giving us so much great advice when we first started this. And nice shout outs, too. She's always like giving us little, I don't know, nice reviews in places. She's the best. Yeah. And also our friend Nico Columbant, he gave us some great advice on, a, on our first couple of episodes. And the Breckies, Lauren Klein and her fab tribe of Reno Lady Bosses. They've been super supportive all through our first season. That brings me to another point. We need money, y'all. Range is completely ad-free, and we don't have any big sponsors helping us out just yet. We sure don't. We've scraped our own pennies together to buy minimal equipment, and we tape episodes on weekends, usually with a fussy baby in the room interrupting regularly. Your fussy baby. Yeah, it's true. It's mine. (laughs) (laughs) So if you like what you hear, please do one of two things, or both, right now. Donate to us at rangepodcast.org. Or drop us a review on iTunes. The reviews help us move up in the various iTunes rankings, which means more listeners. And more listeners means we might attract an advertiser or two. Speaking of which, if you or someone you know is interested in advertising on Range, let us know at howdy at rangepodcast.org. Also, if you have story ideas or feedback, hit us up. We're already working on some great stuff for season two, and we'll be back with new episodes this summer. Plus, we'll probably squeeze in some bonus episodes in the meantime. Yeah, we can't help ourselves. We really can't. So see you in a few weeks. Bye. This episode of Range was produced by me, Amy Westervelt. And me, Julia Ritchie. If you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing to us on iTunes or you can find us on the Stitcher app. Our partner is High Country News, a magazine focused on Western issues. Check them out at hcn.org. And if you have an idea for a show or want to send us some Tesla hate mail. We're ready. It's howdy at rangepodcast.org. For more frequent updates on our show, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks, y'all. See you next season. time to discuss okay. what cars we both what cars we drive <laughs> oh that's good yeah i drive a 2012 honda civic that i got from carmax nice yeah. and i drive a 1983 <laughs> mercedes diesel <laughs> i love it I thought you should mention the fact that you drive this like old clunker. It's very old car. Yeah. And it's yeah. gold. It is gold. Yeah. That's right. The first thing I want to do if like I ever get enough money to character. do anything to that car is like get the paint job oh, updated so it's sparkly again. Yeah. <laughs> it has sheep's wool seat covers. Too. <laughs> not not going to touch that. <sighs> I'm a mean lady. <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> I'm just jealous. That's actually the number one email we're going to get after this. Is You're just jealous. Y'all just jealous. It's true. Jelly. Also, we're using Tesla to get listeners, That's too. That's true. <laughs> I think that should be our blooper. It's like, we just I guess. I guess. Switch. Shit. We're doing it, too. Yeah, we're part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs>